In the headlines tonight, Premier falls over at opening of commemorative steps. Year 12 exam results for new high school certificate advanced comedy unit fail to amuse Department of Education. And scientists confirm that the byproducts of large concentrations of people in coastal areas cause rain on sunny days. This is your 108.3 EAR-FM local and state news, coming to you live from Stirling, breezy capital of Eastern Australia, with your host, Walter Conrad. Good evening. A man is being held by police today. They are murmuring comforting things to him and gently stroking his hair. More on this as it develops. There were scenes of distress outside the state Supreme Court today as billionaire property developer James Tracy gave his defence for defrauding thousands of investors in the last financial year. Reporter Preston Barkley was on the scene in Sterling CBD. The Chinese Consulate General personally took to the stand to give testimony against the now-notorious James Tracy today, as the prosecution began its case. Tracy is accused of swindling over 10,000 property investors out of a total of nearly half a billion dollars by including the size of the balconies in the alleged floor area of his latest apartment block projects. Such balcony schemes, as they are known, have been attempted before in Europe, but without success. If Tracy is found guilty, one wonders what made him think he could make an exception here in Sterling. If he isn't, this entire report will seem like a fairly substantial waste of time in hindsight. This is Preston Barkley with EARFM. In sanitation news, a health warning has been issued by Barn Goods Limited after a Pimsby couple discovered a set of fine razors inside a carton of eggs yesterday morning. The set is estimated to have a value of two to three hundred dollars. Investigators from Barn Goods are still trying to determine how a chicken could have laid such a complete and valuable collection of shaving apparatus. Mr. Oliver Peake of Pimsby said that they gave him a very smooth shave indeed, but he was frustrated by his inability to cook a much-anticipated breakfast as a result. Barn Goods sent Mr. and Mrs. Peake a fresh carton of eggs as a consequence. It has not yet been reported as to whether this one did in fact contain eggs. A high-speed car chase on the Wiley Highway ended safely today after professional stuntmen were deployed by police to take the place of the officers and offending driver. It is believed that the driver was desperate to get home after fighting back all day an overpowering urge to touch himself brought on by immense sexual frustration. Junior Deputy Assistant Police Vice Under Commissioner Alistair Daniels spoke to the media once the incident was resolved. We would like to reassure the public that stuntmen are only used when officers determine that there is a serious risk of real people being injured. This particularly involves extreme speeds or perhaps a situation in which the only way to successfully pursue a suspect would be to follow them up a vertically inclined carriageway or ramp through, as the case may be, the air, and in doing so, pass through, for example, a series of flaming hoops positioned over, for instance, a number of parked buses and a shark tank. We would also like to remind drivers that any urges they may experience of the physical nature are no excuse for speeding. This is quite clearly stated in the Police Department's 2012 No Excuse Checklist, alongside ignorance, rebelliousness, boredom, or the desire to avoid missing happy hour. 
Police officers will only accept the last stages of labour, cut brake lines, and being pursued by enemy agents as acceptable reasons for speeding. Please be safe on our roadways. Out west to the state's farms now, where rumours of a dry spell and even a drought came unfortunately true today when it was discovered that a scheduling error by suppliers resulted in the entirety of the farm belt's regional pubs not being provided with the week's alcohol delivery. Unable to stave off the overwhelming horror of it all, many farmers are being treated by local emergency services for severe shock and hydration. One very sober farmer was reported to exclaim, Good God, there are so many trees, before trying to hurl himself into the sky by jumping off the fence of his cattle run. Spokespeople from Mission Deliveries expressed their regrets on social media, stating that the missed shipment will be delivered tomorrow, and requesting that the hordes of desperate drinkers try to avoid charging their vans when they arrive and starting the usual drunken riot. Residents of the suburb of Ballcock in Stirling South will be the first to trial the new purple bin this week, set aside from the usual red, yellow and green bins to handle chemical, biological and nuclear waste. While campaigning for these new bins has been fierce, critics have argued that it would be better to remedy South Stirling's problem with disaffected youth at the source rather than simply making its byproducts more manageable. A joint statement was issued by Ballcock City Council and the State Education Department as follows. Mm. First of all, we'd just like to congratulate the high schoolers of Ballcock for their fantastic science results this year, which are making the state's future in research and development look very bright indeed. Nonetheless, we'd like to assure all residents of the usefulness of these new purple bins in disposing of any devices, concoctions, inventions or contraptions which may come under the increasingly important heading of weaponizable refuse. Please dispose of your rubbish thoughtfully and thank you. A restaurant in Shelley Shore on the state's north coast has joined the chorus of voices calling for a shark cull after one of their staff was allegedly attacked during a shift yesterday. Sam Castaway was our reporter on the scene. I'm here with Geoffrey Kirk, manager of Captain Hartley's Seafood Restaurant and Bar. The staff member of his who was attacked is currently too traumatised to talk to us. Mr Kirk, what can you tell us about the attack? One of our staff was delivering a customary's order of our trademark Captain Hartley's Fish and Chips when a shark, fresh from the nearby beach, of which we have an excellent view from the dining room, brazenly burst into the restaurant and gave my employee a quite serious nibble with its jaws, resulting in some minor bruising and unwanted saliva on the staff member's upper arm. As such, we are calling upon the government to take decisive measures to deal with this serious shark problem. We're perfectly prepared to offer our assistance to the government by dealing with the shark remains after they have been culled, as our deep fryer has never been utilised at full capacity. And how do you respond to allegations backed up by footage another customer recorded on their phone that the assailant was in fact a man dressed in a shark costume who chewed on your waiter? 
All I can say, Sam, is that this spate of sharks disguising themselves as people dressed as sharks in an effort to throw us off the scent only proves that they're getting smarter and thus that a culling is all the more urgent. The Minister for the Environment's office issued a statement saying that the terms of their bribe are still being negotiated. This is Sam Castaway from Shirley Shore. At a routine demolition in Gradberg in Stirling southeast today, making way for new residential development in the old warehouse district, an accidentally unremoved asbestos beam fell and struck the engine of a fire truck on standby at the site, causing the vehicle to explode, the blast from which resulted in a newly finished neighbouring townhouse to collapse. Men in hard hats and reflective vests were deployed to the scene as quickly as possible to assess the damage. A man is being treated for smoke inhalation today after getting through two whole cartons of cigarettes over a single cup of coffee. The incident occurred during a social engagement at a cafe in the trendy suburb of Hotham in Stirling's Inner West. It was observed that the man in question was wearing clothing of a style occasionally termed vintage and that he had a very large beard. A spokesperson for the Federal Finance Ministry thanked him for his contribution to the nation's funds. The mayor of Hotham, Emily Nguyen, expressed confusion as to why her typically progressive citizens seemed so blasé about smoking compared to most other social issues. More news after this. Do you sometimes feel as if going to the bathroom is too much of a chore? Considering using your underpants as a toilet for no medical reason beyond sheer apathy and ennui? You might be suffering from bird syndrome. It's on the rise in our increasingly alienated society, but it can be prevented before the problem starts. Go to your local Sonderman Millington's clinic today for a free bird syndrome self-assessment kit. After submitting your results to us, we can recommend a whole host of largely affordable treatments and therapies. Sondham and Millington's free bird syndrome self-assessments. Assess yourself before you mess yourself. Next week on History Speechwriters, we take a look at the lives and editing styles of political speechwriters in post-Weimar Germany. Nein, nein, it goes subject first, then conjugated verb, then object. History's Speechwriters, The Grammar Nazis, Tuesday at 5.30 on EATV. And this just in, sometimes when I blow my nose really hard, I can feel a little bit of air coming out past my eyeball. Over to special reporter Archie Duster for more. That's gross, Walter. Back to you. Sorry. Moving on to political news now, and we cross live to political correspondent Harold Hughes with the latest breaking scandal. I'm live, standing live outside Parliament House, live as breaking news has come through about Premier Bruce Larkin's dark past. Rumours have been running rampant since this morning when someone close to the Premier hinted that Mr Larkin may have done something embarrassing when he was in high school. What type of embarrassing scandal are we talking about here? Could this be the kind of story that ends someone's political career? Absolutely. However, as the Premier was in high school before the rise of social media we have not been able to track down the specifics of the incident in question. It is likely that Mr Larkin lost a fight, struck out with girls, had bad BO, or potentially pissed himself. How far back into the Premier's past are we searching for details? Not too far back, but we've taken the story and we're running with it. Live! Back to you in the studio. 
Defence Force spokespeople were pleased to announce today that Stirling's base for the Royal Australian Navy, HMAS Piper, will be berthing a new vessel very soon, the light destroyer HMAS Invigilator. This brings the Piper base's fleet allocation up to a total of two, with the Invigilator sharing warfage with Base Commander Admiral Fitzwilliam's tinny Neptune's Revenge. When not in home port, the Invigilator is expected to spend most of its time spying on the coast of Indonesia and making sure that no groups of three or more people there ever look in the direction of Australia all at once. Spokespeople from the Department of Defence were initially unable to explain why HMAS is used as an acronym for both ships and bases, although after a quick Wikipedia search, one of them was able to reveal that it had something to do with Napoleon fighting a rock. It is expected that the Invigilator will arrive at HMAS Piper as soon as the competitive review process has determined which foreign company can build the cheapest possible warship in the least amount of time without producing a vessel which will sink or spontaneously catch fire. Admiral Fitzwilliam told the press that he and his crew are prepared to assemble the Invigilator from a one-to-one scale kit if necessary. Moving to federal politics, we now turn over to a special report from political correspondent Harold Hughes. We live in an information age where your employer can look up pictures of you drunk at a party and the internet can turn against you for a missing apostrophe. But can you actually delete something from the internet? According to the government, yes you can. In news that shocked many this morning, the government removed all references to the year 2014 from all .gov websites and public records in preparation for legislation unprecedented in Australian history. As of next week, 2014 will not have officially existed. I spoke to government backbencher and member for Howard, John Cliveson, for more information. I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. Why was last year removed from government websites and public records? Well, it wasn't. 2013 was a great year for the government, and you can find many references to our polling numbers and public support for that year on our party website. Surely last year was 2014. (laughs) I can see your confusion there, but while 14 does normally follow 13, it does not do so for the date of the year in the 21st century. It's a tradition that's been long-standing for hundreds of years. The legislation will be fought at the state level. Well, 2014 was essentially just a bit too shit for the government. And following some recent accusations of hypocrisy, our friends at the federal level decided we were all better off without it. State member William Olivier explains. In order to be accommodating to this change, we'll be doing a little control F and replace with for 2014. So rather than simply not having a year, 2013 will have officially included... 24 months and around 730 days. So all in all, the change won't be massive. On the bright side, you won't have to submit a separate tax return. You just can't mention what happened in 2014 without suffering some pretty big consequences. Consequences that, under the new Manus Act, we cannot talk about. This is Harold Hughes, signing off. In industrial news... Iron ore magnate Peter Kraft was arrested for indecent exposure today after being discovered rubbing his naked body with a piece of iron ore in the alley behind his company's corporate headquarters in Stirling CBD. 
Mr. Kraft's lawyer made the following statement. Some people have argued that just because you have a certain job doesn't mean you're obliged to love it. Mr. Kraft is opposed to this deterioration of our nation's values. He doesn't just mine iron ore, he genuinely cares about it and believes in its importance to this nation's future. Such is Mr. Kraft's affection for iron ore that he takes all this criticism of his industry, like that it massively ruins the environment, doesn't actually employ that many people, and mostly generates profit for foreign refineries, as a personal attack and essentially libel. In today's incident, Mr. Kraft was simply trying to publicly respond to his critics by showing how personal the relationship between him and his product is, and how unfair it is to assert that he is purely driven by a ruthless profit motive. Is it true that he was wearing a mining helmet at the time? No comment. Back to politics and turning to the state opposition now, and Shadow Premier Arthur Kelpie gave a press conference today announcing a revised policy plan concerning the role of the Shadow Cabinet. The opposition leader spoke to the press with details of a major policy shake-up. We are committed to giving an effective choice to the people of Eastern Australia at the next election. It is time, therefore, for us to live up to our role as the Shadow Cabinet. As such, we intend to be shadows to the state government, acting as flat images cast by the absence of the light of attention and media scrutiny, emulating their movement behind them. This will involve shadowing in both the figurative sense giving insubstantial copies of government policies, and in the literal sense, as we stand behind our government counterparts and copy their physical motions, possibly in a mocking way. We believe that this will allow us to fulfil the role the electorate expects of an effective opposition, and thus show the people of this state that we can fulfil a government role again as well. There has been some contention in one opposition faction, however, with outspoken and controversial opposition backbencher Zachary Bingham making the following remarks to the press outside State Parliament in the Stirling CBD. There are those of us who believe that the Shadow Cabinet can do more to live up to its name and the connotations of modern culture. Lurking, lying in wait... Testing the limits of the dark arts, waiting for the moment to strike. We will be silent. We will be swift. We will be deadly, but in the end the shadow of our will and our purpose shall lie across the entire state. (laughs) And we will update you on the opposition's latest crisis of identity as it develops. And to discuss the political situation in the state today, we turn over to our unbiased political commentator, Timothy Jock, with his thoughts. The entire debacle of state politics is clearly the fault of the left. As I've shown over my career as a political commentator, there is self-evidently a secret cabal of global warming-supporting, latte-sipping, inner-city, trade-unionist, communist, socialist, anarchist, totalitarian, Marxist, Leninist, Stalinist, Trotskyite, feminist, gay, atheist, papist, Muslim, Jewish, Nazis, which controls the state, the country, and actually the entire world. They're so powerful and pervasive that it's astonishing that a bastion of a 
free speech and open, honest discourse like mine is even allowed. That's probably because they're a weak, powerless mob of rent-a-crowd bandwagoners. Remember, the easiest way to tell if someone is part of the left is to see if they ever disagree with anything I ever say, or criticise anything published in any major tabloid newspaper. Remember, these people care about nothing but taking away your freedom to say whatever you like without any consequences. And that's frankly anti-Western, anti-family, anti-white, un-Australian, uneating your meat pie with Saucian, and also oppressive to men, Christians, white-collar criminals, and all the other horrifically marginalised groups in Eastern Australian society today. And if you don't agree with me, you're by definition a terrorist advocator and should be shot. As soon as I get them to bring back capital punishment, I'm Timothy Jock. And in the interest of balance, we now turn to our other, equally unbiased political commentator, Bernard Pass. What all these political failures have achieved is simply to provide yet another piece of evidence pointing us toward the inevitable victory of socialism. After all, if it wasn't for the fact that every single person working in politics in the entire state spends their every waking moment getting golden handshakes from multinational corporations that actively want to hurt the citizens of this country simply for the sadistic thrill of it, we might actually get some work done around here. But still, who voted for them? We couldn't hope for more proof of the need for an intelligence test for voters. Then, those of us in the know could actually sort everything out and put an end to the plutocratic oligarchy, and, as soon as we've closed the corporate tax loopholes, legalised marriage equality and marijuana, nationalised infrastructure, and made it impossible for me to be prosecuted for pirating recently released Hollywood films and subscription-based American television programmes over high-speed internet... I guess we can get back to emancipating the working class or something. But mostly corruption. In fact, I'm writing a feature article on this very subject for a major metropolitan newspaper as we speak. Best get back to it. Remember, everyone but us is a bunch of corrupt idiots. Solidarity forever. I'm Bernard Pass. Some breaking political news now, and an anonymous whistleblower has caused quite a stir in the state's corridors of power today, with the release to several media organisations of classified documents which appear to date back to the Henry's era in the 1980s. The documents allegedly disclose a proposed deal for nuclear waste storage in the abandoned Pakulta nickel mine near the state's western border. Former Eastern Australian Premier Bradley Henrys has been unavailable for comment, as he passed away after a heart attack six years ago. But this is not the first time such allegations have been levelled against the Henrys government, who were defeated in the 1990 state election after multiple members of Parliament were revealed to have taken numerous undisclosed political donations. These fresh allegations, however, are still unconfirmed and the authenticity of the documents is unknown. More on this unsubstantiated rumour as it develops. And now, some more from our sponsors. Hey Pete, want to come to drinks tonight? Who's going to be there? Oh, a big crowd, friends, work people. Should be fun. Okay, cool. I wanted to make sure. I wouldn't want to be horning in on a small gathering of close friends. Horning in like E.W. Hornung. 
You know, the guy who wrote the uh, Raffles books about the Master Thief? So, uh, when, when did you say it's happening? Oh, I just remembered. It's cancelled. Do you find that you accidentally sabotage your own social life by referencing now obscure late 19th, early 20th century crime fiction authors? Make an appointment with Dr. Sarah Exeter, Sterling's first social life coach. We'll help you through all those common social problems like making weak puns or confessing your worst sins to potential romantic partners whom you've only just met. Go to sarahexetersocial.com to make an appointment. Are you sick of ads that waste your time and addle your brain with cringeworthy play-acting, long-winded monologues and barely-relevant scenarios that completely fail to convey the very product that the ad is supposed to be selling? Then invest with AdSafe. We'll buy up advertising space on television stations, in newspapers, online and on the radio that might otherwise be featuring funny animals promoting finance or cafe scenes that are somehow meant to sell cars. In their place, we'll put on unintrusive material like sky blue panels or white noise. With a guaranteed market, you can be sure of a great return. Ad safe, keeping your ads on track. Turning to sport now, and fans had a lot to enjoy at this week's round of AFA across Sterling. The Quokkas defeated the Ironbarks 17-3, the fortunes of the Harbingers turned with an 8-6 victory over the Catfish, and the Ibises triumphed over the Hoplites by a startling 100-1. The Dogmen vs. Strawberries game was abandoned when Dogmen club owner Philip Burnside accidentally landed his helicopter on the club's main field instead of in the paddock next door. A Dogmen spokesperson denied rumours that Burnside was flying while intoxicated. One player, the Strawberries all-back Jason Armada, was treated for a head injury from a large glass container apparently designed for the storage of a fermented vegetable beverage, which, according to the spokesperson, was thrown by a Strawberries supporter towards Burnside and definitely didn't fall out of the helicopter as it was landed. While promoters are hoping that the weekend's thrilling games might contribute to selling Australian football alliance in New South Wales and Victoria, there has been little movement so far. Let's turn to traffic now and check how your drive home is looking this evening with Joe Gracci in the Kelso's traffic helicopter. Well, it's not looking too clear from up here, Walter. We've gone too high and we're accidentally ended up above the clouds. Can't see a thing. It's a bit hard to breathe too. I'll see if I can wake Carl up to bring us a bit lower. Carl? Carl! Okay, there we go. Well, things are looking pretty ugly at the Matthews Highway Borough Road intersection. It looks like something's distracting the drivers. I can see a few people actually getting out of their cars and pointing at something above them. But I can't see it from up here. Maybe an out-of-control aircraft. Best to avoid those two main thoroughfares for now. Looks like you should avoid Kensington Avenue near Carnegie Street until those stuntmen from earlier finish packing away their equipment. So if you're planning on getting out of the CBD or into the west of Stirling this evening, maybe consider staying at the office for another couple of hours. Looking for the ultimate getaway? Come see Tracy and the team at Wayfarer, the travel agents. They're far more efficient than doing it yourself online. How? You'll just have to come in and find out. I'm Joe Gracci for EARFM. Our final story this evening, it's the battle to see who's the spoken poem master. Sterling's annual beat-off runs all weekend through 
And to learn more about poetry, I spoke to local beatnik and wordcrafter, Guy Rafter. I'll tell you what, and bet you a dime, you think that poetry has to rhyme, but if it doesn't, that's just fine. It's the choice of words, the imagery, the time-ing. But I'm drawing a line, and let's be kind to each other throughout this heated weekend. Let's not say something that's going to hurt anyone's feelings, leaving them reeling and feeling... Damn it! However, he faces steep competition from the young Rapper Zapper. I don't try to play it nice, inhabit my vicious lyrics, boy I'm malicious, mal as in bad, like your rhyme and my attitude, your lyrics are platitudes, malicious, I'm spitting golden delicious, it's nutritious, I'm ambitious, your victory is fictitious, I'm gonna pound sterling, take that money to the bank, you don't make sense, I'm making dollars, drinking Sauvignon Blanc. Blanc. What? It's pronounced Blanc, Sauvignon Blanc. Dude, don't be a dick, we're trying to have fun. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Walter Conrad, this is Sterling, and that was the news. Good night. Episode 1 of The Burn and White News was created, written and performed by Alastair White and Lachlan Byrne. The music was written and performed by Gordon White. And this just out 